Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida. Sponsored by Makers Mark Bridman. This is Don't Trade on America, and I'm your host. Don Q, how's everybody doing out there today? It is Saturday Night Live. All right, yeah. <laughs> Saturday Night Live with uh, me, the D. How's it going out there today? So, um, yeah, like I said I, before, I'm going to try and do a couple of these every now and again, these Saturday Night um, situations. Mainly, you know, my wife's working, so what the hell else do I have to do, right? But to be here with you folks uh, you're welcome uh, by the way <laughs> anywho all right so we got a good show get a good shoe today um and uh like the last show i did uh was very much a uh <laughs> a godly one this one we talked about sodom and gomorrah um this one we're gonna go into more of that no i'm joking um a couple things so first uh, we had some breaking news yesterday now <laughs> Originally, I had these notes done for the show to be done yesterday. Not a live show, but just the show in general, the podcast. But I had a doctor's appointment yesterday and uh, got home from the doctor's appointment. I was tired because I had worked, all, you know, the morning. I went to the doctor's, got home, it was around, I don't know, 2.33. And, uh, you know, I was, I'll take a little nap and I'll do, I'll record the show later. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, I woke up at like 7.30. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing show. Anywho, that's why we're here today. So the breaking news that I wanted to talk about was, or is, in case some of y'all don't know this, the House passed yesterday a bill banning certain semi-automatic guns. Okay, so it's out of Washington. The House passed legislation Friday to revive a ban on certain semi-automatic guns, the first vote of its kind in years. A direct response to the firearms often used in this uh, crush of mass shootings ripping through the communities nationwide. Once banned in the U.S., <laughs> the high-powered firearms are now widely blamed as a weapon of choice among young men responsible for many of the most devastating mass shootings. Now, notice it's the weapon to blame, but, you know, not the young men that are responsible. Um, but Congress allowed... The restrictions um, first put in place in 94 
on the manufacture and sales of the weapons to expire a decade later, unable to muster the political support to counter the powerful gun lobby and reinstate uh, reinstate the weapons ban. Speaker Nancy Pelosi pushed to vote uh, toward passage in the Democratic-run House, saying uh, the earlier ban saved lives. Now, we're going to get into her a lot more here in a little bit. And then uh, President Joseph R. McGillicuddy hailed the House vote, saying the majority of the American people agree with this common-sense action. He urged the Senate to move quickly to get this bill to my desk. However, it is likely to stall in the 50-50 Senate. So, what does that mean? So, let's assume that the bill passes. It goes through the Senate, it passes, because, I mean, (laughs) crazier things have happened. So, you know, it makes you wonder what the agenda here is. Why do they want to systematically unarm law-abiding citizens? The issue isn't people like us. It's the criminals um, <laughs> is there something else to it? We can say that, um, we, we, you know, I believe, and I think a lot of people believe that most, that uh, Biden is being controlled by China somehow or another for some reason. And I'm going to get into my reasons later on in the show. Now, if we are on the brink of World War III, an unarmed population makes it easier to invade. You know, so with that being said, please, if if you're asked, do not turn in your guns. And if you want these guns, if you want an AR-15 or an AK or these guns that are going to be in this list, and or if you need the ammo, if you currently have those guns and you need and you have some ammo but not a lot of ammo, you know, I would highly encourage you to purchase accordingly. Now, like I said, more than likely, this will not pass the Senate. But, you know, we've seen crazier things happen. Um, so, in essence, the way, the way it boils down is, you know, according to this article, Biden was instrumental in helping secure the first semi-automatic weapons ban as a senator in 94. The Biden administration said that... Um, you know, for 10 years while the ban was in place, mass shootings declined. When the ban expired in 04, mass shootings tripled, the statement said. Republicans stood firmly against the limits on ownership of the high powered firearms during the time's emotional debate ahead of voting. It's a gun grab, pure and simple, said Guy uh, uh, Registowler from Pennsylvania and Rep. Andrew Clyde of Georgia. An armed America is a safe and free America. Democrats argue that the ban on the weapon makes sense, portraying Republicans as extreme and out of step with Americans. Now, it's interesting how there's like 300 million guns out there, but yet it's out of step with Americans. Rep. Jim McGovern from Massachusetts said the weapons ban is not about taking away American Second Amendment rights but ensuring that children also have the right to not get shot. It's interesting how these people are so worried about children getting shot in school, but would rather see them aborted. Hmm. Pelosi displayed a poster of the guns company's advertisement for children's weapons, smaller versions that resemble, or, resemble the popular AR-15 rifles, 
and are marketed with cartoon-like cartoons. Disgusting, she says. All in this while her husband is doing inside trading. That's disgusting, too. Oh, it doesn't say that. I just added that. <laughs> in one exchange, two Ohio lawmakers squared off. Your freedom stops where mine begins. And that my uh, constituents begins. Democratic Rep. Marcy Capter told Republican Jim Jordan, school, sh uh, school shopping malls, grocery stores, independent day parades shouldn't be scenes of mass carnage and bloodshed. Jordan replied by inviting her to his con uh, congressional district to debate him on Second Amendment, saying he believed most of his constituents probably agree with me and agree with the uh, U.S. Constitution. So, what will the bill do? The bill will make it unlawful to import, sell, or manufacture a long list of semi-automatic weapons. Judiciary Committee uh, Chairman Jerry Nadler said it includes an exemption that allows for the possession of existing semi-automatic guns. Reps Chris Jacobs of New York and Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania were the only Republicans to vote for the measure. So, if you guys are listening to this and you're in Chris Jacobs' uh, district and or uh, Brian Fitzpatrick's district in Pennsylvania and New York, um, and they're up for re-election, I would highly encourage you to not vote for these knuckleheads. Um, the Democrat lawmakers voting no were... well, And, and this is interesting. So Kurt Schrader of Oregon, really... That's odd. Henry Cellular of Texas, I can see that. Jared Golden of Maine, once again, can see that. Ron Kind and Vincent of Wisconsin and Vincent Gonzalez of Texas. For nearly two decades since the previous ban expired, Democrats had been reluctant to revisit the issue and confront the gun lobby. But voter opinions... So, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, trying to see. So... Uh, Semi-automatic weapons ban would be some 200-plus types of semi-automatic rifles, including AR-15 and pistols. The restrictions would not uh, apply to many other models. So basically, what it's saying is, if you um, if you own these guns now, if you have an AR-15, the deadly, murdering AR-15, and I would assume, since they don't really uh, know anything about guns, I would assume that when they say R15, they're just talking about the platform itself. So, in other words, if you have an AR15 that's chambered in 22 or 223-556, if you have an AR15, a looking AR15, it's a 308, a 300, a you know, I mean, there's plenty of different uh, calibers available in that platform. So, assuming. When they say AR-15, they're just going to broad base it and they're going to paint it with a broad brush and say, this is the gun, period. Um, if you own one and whatever that weapon is chambered in, my advice to you would be, if you don't feel like you have enough ammo and what is enough, you know, that's dealer's choice. It's up to you to decide what is enough. Uh, cause once, once that ban, assuming it passes Congress or I'm sorry, the Senate, assuming it passes the Senate, that ammo is going to be very hard to come by because if you own an ammo plan, if you make, you know, whatever ammo, uh, 
you're sure you're not going to waste your time and your efforts in making uh, ammunition for a two two three five five six caliber weapon that is not going to exist for however long the ban's going to be in place. So just know that I would assume if you were to go online and look at these things, that ammo's probably going to start selling relatively quick. You know, I'm not telling you you have to, but I'm just saying that you should, if you if you so desire. Um, the interesting thing is about all this is it, it brings me to the the why. Now, for years, for I mean, the the ban ended in '04, the last ban, '94 to '04, and um. You know, that's what, 18, right? 18 years ago. Whew, time flies, right? And, we, you know, of course, we've talked about this on shows, and we're doing a series now, uh, me and Chris, on false flags. And um, we've we touched on um, shootings, mass shootings, not necessarily school shootings in general, but just mass shootings, and how we believe that some of these things are are staged, and I'm not even saying staged that they're fake. We're not saying that they're fake. They're actually people getting shot, actually people getting killed. And um, my premise is that these things are happening to push these agendas. And you can sit here and say, well, the government would never kill its own citizens to push an agenda. <laughs> they wouldn't. Listen to the show. It's a it's a long show. I get it. Our our detom files that we do they're long shows, but you know you can break them up. You can listen to them during the course of a couple of days. But um, and we're gonna do uh, part two to that sometime soon. But like I said, why now? Why is there such a push now? Is it to unarm us? So what I want to get into here is we're hearing a lot of talk about China. And us, Taiwan, you know, Pelosi's going to Taiwan. Supposedly she's flying there today. Um, I was watching that on, um, on Twitter. You know, you can go on there and watch flights on one of the apps. So you have, there's a guy on Twitter. He watches a lot of these flights. And uh, he was um, <laughs> the tracking system cut it off like you can't track the flight and it's like why why are they stopping to track the flight which is interesting because it, it goes into a theory of what I think is a possibility I'm not saying this is what's going to happen it's just a thought so um you know is the world on the brink of World War three or are we already in the midst of World War III. So when we when we think of World Wars in the past, we say World War One, World War Two. Most most Americans, most I, I say Americans, but I would say most people in England and Germany and wherever else, when you talk about World War One and Two, they give you the Cliff Notes version of what happened. You know, uh, World War One, Archduke Fort Ferdinand assassinated, started World War One. World War II, Germany invaded Poland, started World War II. You know, and then you can even get into the situation that why did Germany invade Poland? Well, there was a false flag event where Germany claimed that Poland bombed or 
set on fire one of its uh, plants and yada, yada, yada. But my point being is it's never just one event. We can link it back to one event. But like in World War One, Archduke Ferdinand was, was uh, and his wife also were assassinated. I think it was June 28th of 39, of not 39, of uh, 14, I think it was. And um, that started what they called the the July of Hell, okay? And the whole month of July, it was just one thing after another, bam, 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 throughout Europe. And in, well, I, I shouldn't even say throughout Europe, it was mainly in the um, Bulgaria area of Europe, Um so, and it was just a lot of different events leading up to uh, Germany sign, signing uh, packs with different countries and then invading um, Russia. So you think back, okay, well, what the hell has that got to do with, with what's going on now? So right now we are focused on China and Taiwan, but we have to remember there's supposedly a war going on right now between Russia and Ukraine. So who's to say, okay, if you want to believe that whatever's going on in Russia and Ukraine is, is legitimate war, let's just say for shits and giggles, that's what it is. Okay. So that could be in essence, a way to take your eye off the prize. Now, if China, does invade Taiwan um you know that th there's your fronts there you know there's multiple fronts and that would cause NATO to get involved on multiple fronts so um this is out of uh out of somewhere I got a big advertisement flag right in front here and I really would like to be able to see what I have written here anyway <laughs> <laughs> this is out of uh, England. So, so hard to navigate these website things sometimes. UK top national security advisors chilling nuclear war warning. So, we'll scroll down here. Where is it at? Britain's chief security advisor has said the world is closer now to miscalculating its way into nuclear conflict than it was during the Cold War. The world is closer, um, well, I just read that, to miscalculating uh, conflict during the Cold War because global superpowers understood uh, one, one another decades ago in the way they simply don't today. And that's the chilling warning from UK's top national security advisor who singled out Russia and China and the daunting prospect of, of an increase in the number of types of nuclear weapons. We are entering a dangerous new uh, age of prolification, Sir Stephen Lovegrove told the Center for Strategic International Studies think tank in Washington, D.C. Um, what in the hell just happened? <laughs> All right, here we are. Um, the remarks come during a time when Moscow has frequently made dark threats about its nuclear arsenal as the war in Ukraine goes on. 
what is happening in Ukraine is a uh, manifestation of a much broader contest unfolding over the successor to the post-Cold War international order, Sir Stephen said. It will decide whether we live in a world in which uh, regionally aggressive powers such as China and Russia can pursue might is right uh, agendas unchecked or a world in which all states can ensure their sovereignty competition does not spill over into conflict. Sir Sir Stephen said that in the face of increased aggression from the likes of Moscow and Beijing, the West needed to think about a new security order rooted in arms control but also deterrence. He also highlighted Australia's role in keeping the peace throughout the AUKUS agreement. During the Cold War, which saw the ideology... Ideology, God bless America. Ideology opposed West and Soviet Union stare each other down. The British advisor said their superpowers remain on talking terms. During the Cold War, we benefited from a series of negotiations and dialogues that improved our understanding with Soviet doctrine and capabilities, and vice versa. They gave us both a higher level of confidence that we could not miscalculate on our way to nuclear war. Moreover, the Cold War's two monolithic blocks of the USSR and NATO, through not without alarm bumps, they were able to reach a shared understanding uh, of military doctrine that is absent today. So it's more of a situation of uh, mutual destruction. You know, these we both understood that we could both kick each other's ass and it wasn't going to be good. For, for anybody in this situation. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm watching the, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching the comments. Thanks guys. Yes. Yeah. I forgot about the AK 15 anti-military automatic weapon. That's right. That's from, uh, that's from the executive, uh, producer and co-host, uh, Christopher J. McGillicuddy. And then my son has to chime in and tell me I'm old. Thanks buddy. I'm old. What, what do you want me to say? I'm old. Got it. <laughs> anyway, um, where was I at? Give, give my bifocals out here. Jesus Christ. All right, so here's my point. Okay, so they want to take the guns away from us. In the meantime, there there's allegedly a war going on in Russia and uh, Ukraine. Not so much in Russia, but in Ukraine. And... Uh, and now we might be on the brink of a nuclear war with China and also possibly Russia. So here's my question. When do we hear about Pelosi possibly going to Taiwan? About a week or so ago? So a lot of questions. I know Chris and I talked and was like, why in the hell is she going to Taiwan? What's the point? Like, we think of Nancy Pelosi as just, she's just a drunk-ass, you know, old lady speaker of the house. Yeah, Nancy, you know, and that's what she does. Her, you know, her husband's drunk driving and illegally buying stocks. You know, that's what they do. But, in essence, she is, for what it is, she is third in charge. She is third in line to the presidency. If something were to happen to Joseph R. and if uh, Cackles McGee were to step out, She's your president. Okay. So 
<laughs> it's interesting that this time this events this chain of events is happening right now and the reason i say that is because <laughs> you know we just did you know a week or week plus ago we did the detom files part 1 of the uh false flag events so i started thinking could could this be the beginning stages of what could be a false flag so i'm going to i'm going to approach this world war 3 on two different ideas okay so could pelosi's proposed trip to taiwan be the beginning of another false flag i mean think about it it's not often when these leaders you know and let's you know like i said let's not forget she's third line to the presidency but it's not often when these folks go abroad they generally don't detail the trips like especially these higher up leaders when they're when they're going to places of of uh sensitivity you know if they're going to uh iraq or uh, afghanistan or iran you know wherever they're going taiwan they don't hey she's going on saturday the 29th <laughs> be there be square she or the 30th whatever the fuck today is you know it's it's not it's usually not like that so um so was this leaked? So I'm hearing, you know, we're hearing stories that this this trip was leaked by the White House. And was it done so to prime China? And, you know, because we look at it like, we here in America think, okay, who cares? Pelosi's going to Taiwan. Big deal. We don't think of Pelosi as what she is, if that makes any sense. We don't think of her as... A third in line to the presidency. We don't think of it like that. We think of her some dumbass old lady that's banging the gavel, thinking she's some hot shit. But in essence, she is. I mean, she's <laughs> she's third in line, right? That puts her up there pretty high. Um. So I think these other countries like China see that as, or could possibly see that as a threat. So, um. If she goes, I mean, allegedly she's on her way there now. I think um, she should, and you know, and I think she should. If she's planning, if she was planning on going, like we heard all this during the course of the week, if she comes, you know, whatever's going to happen. And when these other countries, China, Russia, you know, whoever, whenever they they try to flex and say, "Don't do that," or "We're going to do something," if you back down. If, if she were to not have gone, that, in my opinion, shows weakness on, on our behalf. Um, now, you see, if you go on Twitter, you'll see stuff like, oh, she's riding a broom like she's a witch. Okay, ha, 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 I get it. And then uh, people saying, I, I can't remember the tweet. I saw exactly how it was worded, but something to the effect. <laughs> shout out to Cassidy Hutchinson. Something to the effect of... Um, <laughs> Dear China, if you shoot down Nancy's plane, we won't really be mad or something like that. And it's like, that's kind of fucked up because, yeah, okay, say what you want about Pelosi, but she's still an American citizen. We don't want to wish death upon anybody, right? But, um, so, <laughs> so my, what I'm saying here is I, if she is going, if she is on a plane and she's heading that way, she should go, you know? You know, we should not care what these other countries, what China says. You know, but hear me out. Much like 
Project Northwoods. Now, we talked about Project Northwoods on the DTOM file show. If you want to know what that is, either you can look it up or you can listen to the show. But the government sends, you know, Pelosi to Taiwan on a government plane with a military escort, and boom, the plane gets shot down, and you have to go to war. Not that Pelosi would actually die in this plan. Um, you know, she would she'd be more of like a sacrificial lamb and disappear into retirement. But we would have our prelude to war. That would be our our uh, Archduke Ferdinand being shot, so to speak. If you if you understand, I'm not saying Archduke Ferdinand was a false flag, but this is more on the ends of the the Project Northwoods. We send a high-ranking, a very high-ranking politician to Taiwan. She's being warned not to go. They have said, supposedly, China threatened that if, if she comes and there's a military escort, they will shoot the planes down. So, do you, do you actually send her? And I'm not saying they're not. I'm, I'm just I'm just painting a picture here. Let's just assume they send her on a military plane with a military escorts, and the plane gets shot down. And it could even be a situation where she doesn't even get to Taiwan, and the plane is you know shot down, much in the in the realms of Project Northwoods and how that plan never happened, but the plan of Project Northwoods how it was supposed to happen. And it was going to be blamed on Cuba. We've seen the threats from China. We've seen them. We, we know those threats exist. So it would be easy to perpetrate a lie. Oh, bam, her plane got shot down. Nancy Pelosi, oh my God. We've got to go to war. Now, that is, <laughs> that is with the assumption that... Uh, we have a strong president to do so. So that's why I said I have two thoughts on this whole um, on this whole thing here because this is based on the fact that that Biden wants to go to war with China. And I really don't think that she does. So um, so I guess the question is, the the other statement that was um I'm sorry I'm reading here that was brought about uh, about to the American people or not the people but to the government was the whole uh, don't play with fire line I don't know if you guys have heard this one but um so China's I I know I'm gonna mess his name up is GZB whatever the fuck his name is the president of China. So, you know, they had a call last week. So Chinese leader Xi Jinping uh, warned against playing with fire over Taiwan in his call to U.S. President Joe Biden on Thursday, highlighting Beijing's concern about the possible visit to the Chinese-claimed island by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh, He says, those who play with fire will perish by it. China's foreign ministry quoted Xi as telling Biden in their fifth call as leaders. Um, it is hoped that the U.S. will be clear-eyed about this. It's interesting they didn't say wide-eyed about it. 
Skrunks. All right. Tip your waitress. All right. So Xi said Washington would be should uh, abide by the one China principle and stress that China firmly opposes Taiwanese independence and outside interference. Biden told Xi U.S. policy on Taiwan has not changed. Blah, blah, blah. Following the call, Taiwan, thank Biden for support, and yada, yada, yada. So my, my key is on this, the play with fire. Those, what did he say? Those who play with fire shall perish by it, right? Cool. So... So here's my thoughts on the whole play with fire situation. What if it's not what we think it is? So when when the quote, as it were, now I, I saw that was Reuters that reported that. I saw it also put that um, those who play by play with fire have a tendency to get burned by it. So ideally, when 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 someone says play with fire, you think fight war. But what if it's more of a black blackmail situation? If we want to discuss the whole Hunter Biden situation, who possibly knows more about the whole situation than the Chinese government? I mean, the interesting thing about all this, you barely are hearing anything about this on mainstream media. You, they were touching on a little bit this morning about Pelosi going to Taiwan, but no, nothing about this aspect of it. There wasn't much on the play with fire threats and the threats from the Chinese government. And it, and even then, it was a little bit. It wasn't like it. It didn't cover the news. It was like a hit. Oh, you know, the news is consumed with Hunter Biden, right? And and I get it. And I talked about it on the on the last show is like. My thoughts on this is that it, they're bringing it to light that the the news and and everything's being brought to light to to um, foreshadow. You know, like let's let's run this through. Let's get him to get a plea deal. I mean, it's just my thoughts. I'm not saying this is the case. And me and Chris differ on this situation. But um, <laughs> China probably knows everything. So could this be a situation of they're not necessarily threatening? Pelosi. They're not threatening war. They're threatening Biden himself. Like, you playing with fire, and we're going to unleash all these little, uh, you know, videos and all this crap we have on your son. Um, and not to mention, you know, the claims back in 2020 that um, no one talks about anymore, and that the Chinese government, through Hunter, Helped to finance Joe's run for the presidency. Now, there was a, I found an article on that where there was a claim that with a lot of the stuff that Hunter was doing with the Chinese government, buying realty um, dealings, and not just um, not just residential, but you know businesses, all also oil acquisitions from around the world, but mainly in the Ukraines where where um, China was involved in the Burisma deals and stuff like that. And they, and he was getting a, an exorbitant amount of money for for these uh, realty investment type situations. So um, could it be where China's like, for whatever reason, they feel some sort of way about Taiwan? You know, we we don't really know everything that's going on with. Um, 
with uh with Taiwan. Like there's more to that story obviously than than what we than we all know. I mean, that might be a story in itself. That might be a show in itself do some some in- investigation on the uh whole Taiwan thing. But if um if the play with fire warning was to Joe Biden, like if you don't call off your dogs, we're going to this all this information is going to come out and you guys don't know the half of it. And when I say you guys, we're talking about the American public. And if they were involved in in somehow um financing Joe. I mean, cuz that was one of the things Trump was being blamed for back in 16. You know, Russia was financing and help, you know, paying for his presidency and whatever. Um, I don't know. I guess that remains to be seen, but it does, it does pose an interesting question. I don't wish for anything to happen to Nancy Pelosi. I don't, because personally, I don't want to see us go to war. None of us even know what that's like. No one listening to this, no one watching this on Facebook Live, we don't have a clue what a world war situation would be. And this would be a lot different than World War II, or one for that matter, because the level of uh, artillery and uh, technology is far superior than what there was, you know, 80 years ago. And, uh, you know, for the last 80 years, we've had, obviously, we've had conflicts. You had Korea, you had Vietnam, you had Desert Storm, you know, you had Afghanistan. We've had plenty of situations. But, you know, World War II, we all know how that ended. And that particular event that happened in Japan, or those two events, I should say, brought to life... Uh, the ability to build weapons of mass destruction. You know, we, we were so hell-bent on going to Iraq and doing the things we did there because of weapons of mass destruction, but <laughs> I mean, we've got plenty of those here. Show for another day. So I wanted to touch on, on a few more things. So one more thing as far as um, World War Three. Of course, now you've got old... Uh, you got uh, Kim Jong-un in North Korea ready to mobilize nuclear uh, deterrent. So, yeah, Little Rocket Man's trying to get in the mix, which is interesting because we didn't have these issues, if you think about it. You know, back when Trump was in office, and I'm not saying Trump was the best president in the world. Obviously, he had his flaws. Obviously, he couldn't stay off Twitter to save his life. and And people just just hated him and unfortunately the small amount of people that actually hated him had the biggest voices but say what you want about Trump we didn't have issues with North Korea we didn't have issues with China we didn't have issues with Russia as much as they tried to prelude that when they were when he was running against Hillary that he was going to have us in a nuclear war shit he was pulling troops out of countries he was signing the, the Abraham Accords I mean he was bringing peace to the Middle East that's the kind of shit that you hadn't seen in in lifetimes. Not lifetime, but lifetimes. You know? 
this all this stuff that's going on is because these countries know we have weak leadership in Washington. They know it. The reason Russia, China, North Korea, the reason these countries... North Korea was launching rockets prior to Trump being president, right? When Obama was in there, they were testing their rockets. When Trump took office, the idea that Trump was crazy really uh, <laughs> made waves in North Korea, China, Russia, because they believed that he might have actually been crazy. And their little reindeer games that they play, I think they thought that, look, we might not want to fuck around too much because this dude might bomb us. Whether he would have or not, I don't know. But if you can instill that fear, so like as a parent, you know, if, if you, you're a parent and you have small kids, you don't, you don't have to beat your kids on a daily basis. You don't have to beat them, period, to, to have them respect you and respect you but fear you a little bit. The idea that you might give them a spanking is good enough for most kids because they don't want to get spanked, right? So it's a, it's a similar situation. They knew when Obama was in there that he wasn't going to do shit. When Trump got in there, they weren't quite sure what he was what he was capable of doing or not doing. With fucking old man Carruthers in there, they don't give a fuck because they figure he's asleep anyway half the time. So, in a speech to mark the armistice that ended the fighting in the Korean War, known as Victory Day in North Korea, Kim Jong-un said in a, in a threat posed by the United States required Pyongyang to build up its defense. Our armed forces are thoroughly prepared to respond to any crisis, and our nation's nuclear war deterrency is also fully ready to mobilize in uh, its absolute strength faithfully, accurately, and pro uh, promptly to its mission, he said, according to the state media. The speech came after officials in Seoul and Washington said North Korea had complete preparations to conduct its first nuclear test since 2017. North Korea is likely to face stronger sanctions and blah, blah, blah. And once again, stronger sanctions. You're, you're sanctioning countries and leaders that don't care about your sanctions. We sanctioned Putin. He gave two, he gave you the double middle, double barrel shotgun. He said, I don't care about your sanctions. And actually made Russia's economy stronger. These sanctions don't work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the most interesting thing is, speaking of North Korea, I'm actually seeing this now uh, trending, or was trending the other day on Twitter, but um, one of the things was that uh, Trump put this country, in har our country, in harm's way by going to North Korea and meeting with uh, Little Rocket Man there and actually had the nerve to say the things that he did trying to uh, create peace with these countries actually caused us to be to look weaker. And like I said, how can you honestly sit there and say those things when in doing the things that he did caused these countries to not act the way they're acting now? 
I'll flash back to being a parent again. When you're a parent and you have small children, okay, or if you're a child and you have a friend, okay, so if you if you have a friend that acts up around his parents and his parents don't do shit about it, that's why he acts up, or she, I should say, he or she. Uh, for example, I had a friend. Oh, um, <laughs> I had a friend when I was when we were kids, and, and we're still friends today. I'm not saying this is you know hundred years ago, but anyway, his parents would ground him. You're grounded. Cool. He still went out. And I was like, dude, aren't you grounded? Oh, yeah, whatever, you know. I'm like, shit, I was grounded. I, Hey, you're grounded. You can't watch TV. Cool. <laughs> I'm in my room. You know what I'm saying? So it was a level of fear with a fine line of fear and respect that blended together. So if you don't have that respect with your, with your kids, they're going to do whatever in the hell they want. They don't care what you say. And, it, and it's the same thing in government and in world policy. If, if you're a country, no matter what country, I'm not just talking about U.S., but any of these countries, if you don't have that level of fear and respect melded together, then there's chaos, right? And North Korea was doing a lot of things prior to Trump being president. And... Everyone, oh, it's just North Korea. They're just acting a fool, you know, whatever. But eventually those little places that act a fool can cause some damage, right? See Afghanistan. See Iraq. See Iran. So let's not just think that because he's a little kid in the corner over there making some noise that he ain't going to do anything. The reason he's doing the things he's doing and the saying the things he's saying is because Biden's in office. He doesn't care. He doesn't respect Biden. He doesn't fear Biden. And uh, that's where we're we're missing the boat in this country is we we don't have that level of of respect throughout the world and fear, especially from our counterparts in this country. So. One more piece of, of late-breaking news. This actually just broke prior to me getting ready to record. And I don't even know if you guys know about this because it's odd when Saturdays, when Saturdays produce this kind of news, you might not hear about it until Monday. But yes, just days after testing negative for COVID-19, Biden tests positive for COVID-19 and returns to isolation. Believe that or not, he, what was it, when, was it Wednesday or Thursday? Let me read the story here. President Joseph R. McGillicuddy tested positive for COVID-19 again Saturday, slightly more than three days after he was cleared to exit coronavirus isolation, the White House said in a rare case of rebound following treatment uh, with an antiviral drug, the White House physician uh, Dr. O'Connor said in a letter that Biden had experienced no re-emergence of symptoms, and continues to feel quite well. So here's my question. Before I read on, if he had no re-emergence of symptoms and feels quite well, these are his words, why in the fuck would you test him? Right? If, if he's fine, right, why would you test him? Hmm. There's no reason to reinitiate treatment at this time. Why? He's got corona. I mean, he's going to die, right? Isn't that what we're told? 
In accordance to the CDC um, and preventative guidelines, Biden will re-enter isolation for at least five days. He will isolate at the White House until he tests negative. The agency said most rebound cases remain, remain mild and the severe disease during the period has not been reported. A word of Biden's positive test came. He had been negative Friday morning, just two hours. So I guess they're just testing him every day. So it's like he had the negative test, I think it was Wednesday. So they're just testing him every day, I'm guessing. Which is weird because, I mean, we're told in, in, in regular land where we all live that if you test positive, once you're negative, you're negative. But they're testing this dude every fucking day and twice on Sunday. Um, so he was supposed to have a presidential visit to Michigan coming this Tuesday to highlight the passage of a bill promoting domestic high-tech manufacturing. But also scheduled a visit his home in Wilmington on Sunday where First Lady Jill had been staying. While the president was positive, both trips had been canceled by returns to isolation. Biden, 79, was treated with antiviral drug Paxlovid after the first tested positive on July 21st. So on July 21st, he tested positive. So that was, what, nine days ago. So in nine days, he's tested positive, uh, cleared after five, after, what, four days, five days? And now he's positive again. He tested negative with the virus in the past Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, he was then cleared to leave isolation while wearing a mask indoors. Wear your mask, Joe. He positive test puts him among the minority of those prescribed with a drug to experience a rebound case of the virus. So not only is he in a a uh, rare um, <laughs> minority of people that have taken this uh, Paxlovid, uh, Pax, yeah, Paxlovid, and um, had a rebound case, but he's also quadruple vaxxed. So he's been vaccinated four times. I think it was twice prior to him becoming the president. Uh, he had his uh, he had his booster in his first booster. I think it was in September, and his second one in March. So March, April, May, June, July. So four months later, after his fourth COVID shot, he gets he gets COVID. Of course, like like you do, right? So the interesting thing here is, folks. Not to dwell on COVID because surely I'll uh, I'll get uh, you know kicked off of Facebook here, but nonetheless, uh, obviously these COVID vaccines are quite the uh, miracle of modern science, and um, Paxlovid only worked for some people. I don't know. Anyway, uh, or it's just more to add to the the craptopia of events that could possibly happen with China and Russia, North Korea, and whoever else wants to fucking get involved because we got fucking commander-in-chief that's sick as a dog and lazy as one to boot. All right, guys. Well, I hope this has been enjoyable for you because it has not been for me. No, I'm joking. Actually glad to see some participation. Now, mind you, it's from uh, my uh, cohort who... Uh, who is steadily watching me. Hi, buddy. How's it going? And uh, his wife and then my son. But, you know, whatever. We got to start somewhere and uh, so be it. I guess the moral of uh, the story today is um, if you like guns and you have the money 
go get you an a what was it ak-15 i think <laughs> uh buy you some ammunition um just in case i i don't see it passing the senate but like i said crazier things have happened and uh i wouldn't put it past them to to do it they've done it before the the good thing is if you have the gun they're not coming to get them according to what they said anyway it's uh during the course of the time that the ban will be in effect you can't buy make or sell but if you already have them you have them and that's what i'm saying you'll probably see events where people will be like Oh, uh, gun buyback. Turn in your uh, AK-15 for, uh, you know, 50 bucks. Turn in your... Uh, we're joking when I say AK-15. That was a a uh, one of the congressmen. I can't remember where he was from. He made a comment that... Uh, <laughs> that uh, it was AK-15 and nonetheless. So, if you have an AK-47, an AR... I'm going to mess them up now talking about the <laughs> AR-15. Um, don't don't sell them. Don't get rid of them. Don't sit there. Don't fall into the these these pranks of the uh, the gun buybacks. Don't uh, let's not uh, freak out and say, "Oh crap! I got to sell my gun. I got to turn it in." They want it because it's it's going to the the law is painted with a broad brush. Semi-automatic guns, okay. For those of you that are watching this and you don't know a damn thing about a gun, pretty much every gun that you can buy is a semi-automatic gun. Semi-automatic gun. Unless you're rolling around with a fucking musket or a black powder rifle or a flintlock, uh, even a revolver technically is a semi-automatic one pull, one bullet. One pull, one bullet. The only difference is with a revolver, you only got like six shots, seven shots, depending on what the the uh, you know size of the gimmick is. Your shotguns are semi-automatic. You can hold six shells, eight shells, whatever. So it's it's going to be interesting. They're focused on the terminology. AR-15. They sell. Ruger and Smith and Wesson and whoever else that makes these guns sell a regular long rifle chambered in a 223 you know bullet it's the same gun it just doesn't look scary doesn't look military doesn't look deadly anyway point being is if you want to sell your guns contact me and uh, we can talk other than that, you guys have a great day, and uh, have a great Saturday. And those on the listening to this on the podcast, you'll actually hear this on Sunday because I'm not going to upload it till tomorrow. So, sugar water. Uh, what you need to do is, if you're not following us on the Facebook, is follow us on Facebook and Don't Tread on America, and on Instagram, Don't Tread on America, and on uh, our website. We have a website. It's a www don't tread on america.com and uh on the twitter machine at dtom underscore 1775 and if you want to follow me on the twitter it is a uh, pcgc underscore 1775 with that being said guys it is uh great to talk to you again and i will talk to you on uh like i said this will be sunday show so i'll talk to you again on wednesday and uh, you guys have a great day and we'll see y'all later